Hey, welcome to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and this episode went on so good that it's going to be two episodes. And so, split it right down the middle. So, here's part one, or the A side. So, here we go. All right, welcome to another episode of Untapped and Vinyl. It's uh, Alan and Monk, and today we got Sammy from 99.9 The Fox. And so just to give a little introduction to Sammy, if you don't know who she is, she works the classic rock station here in Columbus, and so I'm going to let her take it over and tell us a little bit about how you got into radio. Sure. Well, uh, since Monk here was a former brand manager or program, yes, bro- director, yeah, program director, at the whatever time, we're yeah. going by, of yeah. uh, 99.9 The Fox, I should point out that we're not just a classic rock station. We do play current songs as well. That is true. I think the term was bandied around a specter station the format see back when I was there it was classic rock that really rocks really rocks. yeah well we're still mostly that yeah <laughs> uh, but getting in the radio I think pretty much every kid has probably maybe not anymore but laid awake at night listening to the radio thinking man wouldn't it be cool to be the person on air right now from like midnight until 5 a.m. when no one cares what you're saying or maybe that was yeah. just me but yeah. that was, wasn't me wasn't that me. was definitely yeah. me I remember, obviously, music used to be way more limited, so we had a turntable in the basement, and we had a Walkman we were allowed to bring, like, if we were going to the airport or something. (laughs) Otherwise, our music all came to us from the radio in the car. And so I remember being a kid and getting a clock radio alarm clock, and that was this magical access point to music where I didn't have to be in the car going somewhere to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would turn that thing on super low and lay on the floor and listen to it at like one in the morning thinking about how cool radio was. And then I basically pretty much forgot about that for over a decade and was a florist and did a bunch of other things, went to school for theater and worked freelance in theater. Here at the W? Uh, Went to the W, yeah, here in Columbus and then worked freelance in multiple states around the country. But the way that theater works is you never get a permanent position. You work for a month or three months or one show or whatever they decide Mm -hmm. your contract is going to be. And then you go back to being unemployed. So on one of those stints of being unemployed, I had gotten off a life insurance selling gig, which was terrible. Oh my goodness. And needed a new job. And my car broke down. And so I was literally applying to anywhere in walking distance of downtown. So I put on my little life insurance pencil skirt and a blouse and was going to anywhere with a front desk applying for personal assistants and secretaries and all kinds of stuff. And wandered into Court Square Towers because it looked like it would be full of businesses and dropped my resume at the radio station. And they all assumed that I wanted a sales position because I was wearing a pencil skirt. And never called me back because I was not really qualified for sales until about three months later I got a random call from a program director going, hey, did you want to do radio with us? At which point all of those, you know, eight, nine-year-old memories flooded back and I went, well, yeah, that sounds like the coolest (laughs) things ever. And that's been that ever since. So just take it back to the, uh, the floor and listen to the radio real low. What was some of the favorite music back then you were into? Oh, man. I would really listen to anything. The weirder, the better. Well, I mean, on clock radio, you were kind of, you, you were, I guess, funneled down to what was popular on the radio at the time. Yeah, you're rolling the yeah. dial yeah. and just scanning. Yeah, because <laughs> I can re- remember, I, I never had the, the dreams of growing up and being a, a radio DJ, but I remember... 
um, laying there at night listening to Dr. Demento. Yes. Um, where Weird Al Yankovic, that's where he was discovered. But I remember listening to that. And I don't remember ever thinking, you know, that, damn, this would be cool to really do this. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it just kind of happened. We had did that in the first episode, how I got into radio, just kind of by chance. But, um, but yeah, at that time, you were kind of limited. But, like, were there, was there a certain station or type of music that you were into at that point? Uh, off the top of my head, my parents mostly listened to a golden oldie station. 100.3 or Oldies 100 that was out of the DC area. I grew up in Maryland. DC 101 was big. Yeah. W- oh, so you had the DC 101 option. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I remember that spending all my summers in Alexandria. I remember the DC 101 thing. So you had cooler options than me. Well, so what does DC 101 do? They're DC's rock station. Yeah, it's kind of weird because you'll hear the Chili Pepper. I mean, it's a lot like uh, 99.9 The Fox. But they were doing um, it way before anyone else was. Yeah, yeah, because you would hear an ACDC song and they'd follow that with uh, something new. You know, Red Hot Chili Peppers and, you know, Incubus or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. At least back when I'd listened to it, I don't know. Yeah, well, and they weren't yeah. afraid to break the mold. They yeah. played a lot more alternative stuff as a mainstream rock station because that's what the people in the area were listening to. There was an actual alternative station. It was like 98.1 or something that flipped to a Latin station, and it's been a million other things since. And a country station, actually, WFRE out of Frederick. Because you oh. can't spell Frederick without WF or FRE. Whatever. Oh, my goodness. Can't spell Frederick without <laughs> I mean, FRE. That was the slogan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not because not, I remember growing up and living up there and listening to WMZQ. Mm-hmm. Out of, um, I think they're out of DC, and oh my goodness, I listen to so many. Hours. If I had a nickel for every hour of WMZQ, I listened to growing up when I would be up there with my with my stepmother and my father. It's crazy. What was their format? Country. Nice. Yep, still country. They've got the American flag in their logo. I think they still have that American flag in their logo. I don't know. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's country. It's America's music. Ball rocking. So, how did you end up in Columbus, Mississippi? long story short I went to the W um the W was the pool yeah yeah there's a long involved story about how an alumni was working at a theater in DC and we became super tight and she lived with us and then begged me to come look at her school and I kind of did as a joke and then realized there were actually men there and got a scholarship but yeah pretty much just to go to school so you (laughs) you came for the school or for a man the school interesting fact my mother and my brother and I were the first family to live on campus at the W. We got into the newspaper and we were on the television. I remember you telling we, me about yeah, that. We lived in the dorms. Wow. Um, it was like, I guess it's the way that people normally live in the dorms, where there's like two rooms and then the, the center is a bathroom, mm-hmm. kind of connecting the two. So my brother and I lived in one side, my mom lived in the other side. I don't remember what we did to eat. I guess we went to what they called the goose at the time. I don't know what it's called now, where they eat at. Is it still called the goose? Roughly. Okay. Yeah. It's Subway now. (laughs) (laughs) But they do have a real, I mean, I love to go there with my uncle and get food from the, I guess the, it's like a buffet style thing that they have for all the students and stuff. So, yeah. All right. Well, I remember some detail of the story about you totally eating dirt in front of TV cameras. Yes. Yes. You bring that up. Yeah. No, because we were on the TV cam. And I remember, I remember that my mom and my brother were sitting on the steps. My brother was much younger than me, uh, three and a half years younger than me. And he was playing with this like toy ambulance thing. So it was like, I had me up one of them banana seat bicycles. 
and it was it had rawhide written on. I still remember it too because it was stolen from out in front of the place that we had it locked up one Sweet. night. But I got out there, and the guy was like, "Go ahead and, and just get out there and do some tricks." And I'm thinking, tricks? I ain't never done any tricks on my bike. I just ride my bike. That's what you do on a bike. So I thought I'd show out. And I was like, well, I could try to get a wheelie. Sure enough, did. And bit the dirt. <laughs> bit the asphalt. Straight there in front of the, the camera. I don't know if it ever, I don't remember ever seeing it on television. So I don't know if it ever, I'm surely it didn't end up on TV. Clever editing, maybe cut away at the last yeah, minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right when I was going, <laughs> doing my Hulk face, get ready to lift the front end up, you know. <laughs> Let's move off into just what's local. So the 27th of this month, which is in, oh wow, it's three days. It's this weekend. <laughs> so it might not be a good thing. may take this out depending on how quick I get it up. But Honey Boy and Boots is coming to the Arts Council. It's a man and wife. Yes. And they're really good. Yeah. They have a pretty big following. And then May 4th will be the last show. Brad Armstrong, he's playing with Taylor. Hollingsworth. Hollingsworth. Oh, my gosh. That'll Taylor. be at the Sunstroke House. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Taylor, a current member of the Dexateens. Brad, a former member of their founding member of the Dexateens, uh, Tuscaloosa Bass Band. And Taylor Hollingsworth, one of the best guitar players that I've ever met personally. Wow. And the dude is absolutely amazing. He's got a band with his wife called Dead Fingers. But his solo stuff is absolutely amazing. So yeah, I saw Jamie talk about a little bit today on social media about Taylor and his wife and how good that is. I'm not familiar with the Dexatines, and so they've been around for some time. They've been around for a good long while, yeah. I mean, the Dexatines, they came up kind of around the time that I think, um, or, or maybe just a little after when the drive-by truckers really started to hit, okay. you know, in bands from the Shoals area, stuff like that. But the okay. Dexatines, definitely a southern and, and, and I mean, in, in my opinion, their music is really kind of Tuscaloosa. I mean, that's what I think of when I think of Tuscaloosa and music. I think of the Dexatines. Okay. Do they tour as heavily as the drive-by truckers? No, no, nowhere okay. near it. Nowhere near it. They used to, and, and they still do tour, but not anywhere like the truckers do. Okay. You know, and they're actually, the truckers bass player, Matt Patton, is an original founding member of the Dexatines. Wow, there so, you go. Yeah. Bring it all together. Yep. And so, guys, this... It was the last show we had Will Johnson in. You may remember him from Centromatic, and he's been in other projects. That was, I was blown away by that. No, oh, that guy. I didn't was, know what to expect. He was absolutely amazing. I, I was. I mean, he just he's and it was the first artist that I've ever seen that played an acoustic guitar and just sat back in his chair. He didn't lean up over mm-hmm. the guitar. He was he just, just like this. back, and it was just like so natural to him. Started out as a drummer, and so that's always interesting to me when you see a drummer picking up a guitar because it, it translates well because you saw it when he was doing all the taps yeah and even with his yeah it was like he was he was and it's the first guitar player that I've ever seen with his right hand which he strummed the guitar with he was kind of he would only hit the strings when he needed to but he was keeping the beat with his hand mm-hmm. and it was I'd never seen that before it, yeah it, it was it was extremely yeah because it was going you know faster than the music was that he was strumming but he would hit it at right the perfect time you know it was so cool to watch what an interesting drummer tick yeah yeah I've never seen that I don't guess I know many drummer guitar players but yeah or none that have made themselves known to me. Well, all right, guys, since I have both of y'all here, y'all both in radio for some time, let's talk a little bit about the evolution of radio, what that has kind of looked like over the years. It's been interesting. Like I told Monk, it was cool to come back to uh, this area and turn on 101.7, and it used to be a pop station. Yep. And now it's alternative. Sure. And so even 99.9 has changed over since the six years I was gone. It, it's changed dramatically to me because it seemed like 
years ago, I could tell you what time of day it was by what the song was playing. I've heard that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you always know when we say we're going to play Janis Joplin coming up, you know what song it's going to be every time. Peace <laughs> yeah. of my heart, all the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just a little bit about the evolution, I guess, of, I mean, y'all both been at 99.9 The Fogs, but just, mm-hmm. just in general, what does that kind of look like as the years have gone by? For, you for, for your perspective? Because you've been in radio how long? About four or five years. Four or five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's changed a lot in four or five years. Because I know, I like, like it was when, when my son was growing up, my son's 18, like the generation between my grandmother and my mother mm-hmm. was very tight. Between my mother and myself, very tight. Between myself and my son, years and years and years the shit's happened that's been crazy i mean mm-hmm. technology has advanced everything's advancing now whereas before it was kind of slowed up and i think radio pretty much the same way but in the four or five years that you've been in radio so much has changed oh absolutely I and mean, it was a slow gradual thing for me now i'm trying to catch up with the young folks <laughs> well and you have everything from corporatization to uh you know just formatting Ideologies, I guess you'd call them, from like full side formats and album formats, and there's a technical term, but what I refer to as the constant hits format, which is yeah. the most popular today. Uh, which makes sense because the peop- way that people listen to radio has changed over time. People don't necessarily come home, flip on their radio, and sit around the living room staring at it. Yeah, exactly. In the way that they used to. And they don't, not everyone listens to it all day at work, like the way they used to. Of course, you have your studies in workplace environments. But the average listener listens to radio, and correct me if I get these numbers wrong, but anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, and that's it. So they're getting little tiny slices of what's going on, which has really affected the way that people present music to get the best ratings yeah and I think it varies from city to city because I know coming from Tuscaloosa and working radio there the average person listens for about a 12 minute span right because it's just that commute to work and that commute home is the only time they really listen that's good traffic yeah (laughs) I guess I mean Tuscaloosa traffic too you'd think it'd be 45 minutes but especially now (laughs) yeah Um, I guess I'm the anomaly on that which I have a 35 commute to Columbus to come to work but when you had the mornings was kicking it with you until John Boy and Billy went off. Yeah. And then by that time I was kicking it with you as the work day went out. Then Striker would finish off the work day and then it was back to Alt 1017 for the drive home. So I would yeah. Alt 1017 on my drives and while I'm working 99.9. So I mean it's 12, 14 hours of radio for me. Yeah. Constantly listening. Yeah. So I got, and I, I see the, the change. Um, it's not as dramatic as I would like for it to be, but I don't know ins and outs in corporate. And, like, it's crazy, like, flipping over to 1031, and I hear you, you've got an ad there, and I was like, didn't know that 99.9 and 1031 was the same. And oh, our, yeah, share offices and all yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And so I, that's that's interesting. Like, I don't know, I, I think about a lot of bands right now, like Kaleo. I wish I would hear them more on the radio. And Like I said, I don't know how that works. So yeah. Is trying to figure out I'll how put to put you get in it. at noon tomorrow. <laughs> I'll call you. Do the call. <laughs> it's like uh, I told Big John he had it one day, and I, I shot him like three texts. I was like, "Does this count?" <laughs> and I was like, "He's like, yeah, 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 yeah." Because I was, he was like, uh, I had just had him on the show, and he was just complaining about the, or not complaining, but just pointing out, no one ever requests this. I think it was Deftones, yeah. and I was like, yeah. "Okay." 
I shot him a text. Does this count? Play Death Tones. <laughs> he totally he does. He put it right on. Did, he did? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I texted one day and I was like, I want to hear some Blackberry Smoke. It was Blackberry Smoke and Motley Crue. Yep. That's who I texted her on. And right away, the power of live radio. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. in this, that's another evolution of radio and thinking about big corporate offices and the fact that they have you know, people from outside of the market voice tracking in. And I think that's one good thing about 99.9 The Fox and Alt 1017 in Tuscaloosa is that we don't have that, you know. Have local talent. Yeah, we've got local talent, people who have been in the market for mm-hmm. years and, you know, we're established here. We, we, we pull up at the same stoplights that, that our listeners pull up to, you know. Yeah. We go buy coffee at the same place they buy coffee at. Well, I think people are hungry for that live, sincere interaction. I think that's what makes radio different from a streaming service that also mm-hmm. serves ads. But it can be live and local and relevant, and you feel like you actually establish a rapport sure. with the person sure. on air. Sure, And then, plus, you go out and do events. You're hanging out with them. They get to know you. You know, so And it's cool, too, because as radio personalities, people live their lives through what we talk about on the radio. They're, they're, we're a part of their every day. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool to meet that person. And I know you've met hundreds, as I've met hundreds and thousands in my 29 years in the business. They just Like I have the people now, so I've been on the radio for so long, that grew up listening to me. Yeah, absolutely. So they remember shit that I said you know, 16 years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <it's laughs> you like, know? Uh, when I met you at the Sunstroke house, I was like... Holy shit, I listen to you every morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, you know, meeting you out at Druid Fest when we was out there selling beer yeah. I was like, I listen to you all the time. It's like I already know you, you know? Yeah. I, I get this. It's a persona, but... Or, I mean, mine's not really a persona. I don't know. Do you have a persona? I wouldn't say that I have a persona, but I would say I'm censored a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there you go. That's the best way to look at it, you know? Because, yeah, I mean, when you hear Monk on the radio... That's me right now. I mean, it's the same dude that you guys hang out with at the Elbow Room and at the Sunstroke House, yeah. you know. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I am censored. I'm a little more professional and I'm a little more, a little more loud and lively than I am, in, yeah. I guess, in my everyday life. So. Yeah, I guess it'd be kind of like Big John, what he was saying. He's like, I, I like the podcast, man. Because that was the main point. He was, I'm uncensored. He's like, I can say whatever I want. Yeah. Literally, Yes. Whatever you want. <laughs> yep. So I guess I, I guess persona wouldn't be the best word for it, but well, there there are different takes on that. You know, you have the censorship of obvious FCC censorship and a program director saying no, don't get political. Yeah. It will make people mad. And then there's also just you know there are facets of your personality that may not be relevant at all to the demographic you have right now. Sure. Sure. And so you could talk about something that's live and relevant to you, but. No one listening may want to hear, or they may be pissed off to hear it. Yeah. And so there's a little bit of judgment call there. Yeah. She's more professional than me. I'm <laughs> relaxed after 29 years. Oh my God, shit. <laughs> it yes. comes out, it comes out. Like, have you ever had... <clears throat> there's two There's two moments that, that come up, I guess, in every every radio career. Aside from the radio dreams. You've had the radio dreams where you fell asleep on air... And there was dead air. Oh, no. You haven't had those? Oh, so I had those. But have you ever got into a break and your brain got tied and you didn't know how to get out of it? A live break? Oh, my gosh. Those are horrible. I've had one so bad that I just like, I started to get Uh tongue-tied. And then I stopped for a second. And there's there's a point, too. And I've done it on live broadcast probably more than none. 
but when you start breathing in and you just never really breathe out and then all of a sudden you just can't take any more air in and so I got to that point I got myself so flustered that I just backed off the microphone there was like five seconds of dead air and I just hit the microphone off and hit the music and I was just like oh my gosh what did I just do yeah as long as you don't swear really yeah, that's yeah. the baseline yeah but there's the almost cuss you know like when you that man that's just bullshit what <laughs> you know and then you try to play it off yeah. I've done that more times than I probably would like to talk about the the almost cuss. Yeah. Luckily, the only time I ever I forgot to cut the microphone off one time, and I told somebody was standing in the thing, and I said something about that break was shit or something, you know. But luckily, there was a commercial playing, yeah. so you nobody could. called. Our competition didn't rage to the FCC. We got this recorded him saying shit on the radio, you know. Yeah. So. Well, and you have to get what is it, two or three calls to the FCC about the same thing is to that actually it? get in I trouble. Did not know this. Yeah, apparently you have to get like multiple calls, which is why things will happen where there's a slip up. But if no one in your market cares, yeah, you'll stay out of trouble. Now, I always heard that if your competition is happens to be recording you or whatever at oh, the sure. time, but I mean, I which happens, and I've and I've done, and I've worked for. <laughs> You know, in radio for 29 years, I've never sat and recorded a, a competition's radio station. Oh, I have. It's you have? Turn. Yeah. Oh, did you? Really? Oh, for wow. like yeah. two hours one day. Yeah. I've never done it. I mean, but I mean, because I mean, a Absolutely. lot of corporate offices, you know, they want to hear what the competition's doing. So you would sit and, and run tape and then send it to corporate, but not for FCC purposes and listening, listening to them for a screw up. Or is that, was that what you were doing? No, no, we were curious. It was another top 40 country station in the area. And so we were curious about like stop set length and yeah. when they had their nonstop music, whether it was actually the same time that they said it was or over or under. Yeah. That yeah, kind of okay, thing. Okay. okay. Yeah. So we looked at that for a day and went, huh, interesting. And moved on. Yeah. I was curious, like, what does competition look like for that? So is it, this is uh, the Cumulus radio and then like competitors to that or is it competitors to 99.9 or what does that look like? Competi competitors to the format. Right. Okay. So other country stations or other R&B stations or other okay. rock stations in the area that also reach your listeners. Okay. Would it be like 98.5 then? Well, I mean, for 99.9, the Fox is probably all 1017 is probably in a certain way competition. Yeah. Okay. All 1017 on one hand, and then the other big one is this is awful. I can't remember. Don't don't even say numbers. the don't even say the other station. Some station from Tupelo. There you go. <laughs> don't give them the credit. Don't give them the credit. That is just strictly, our station. Strictly classic rock, and therefore less interesting than us. <laughs> <laughs> the Fox is interesting though, because on one hand we have multiple competitions, but on the other hand there's no one quite doing the same thing. Alt 1017 is the same. You're the only alternative. Yeah, I was about to say I can't think of anybody competing with Alt 1017. There used to be like a 94.9 X out of Birmingham that was an alternative station. Well, 1077 the X. Okay. Yeah, and then it became the exit 100.5 because I worked at Z100.5 in Tuscaloosa. They were our direct competition, and when our ratings started knocking on theirs, Cumulus came in, who owned 1077X. They bought our cluster just to kill that signal at 100.5 and move it to Birmingham as a more powerful signal. Because sure. we were a Birmingham station because we were rated what they call in the ratings book above the line, meaning that we were classified as a Birmingham station even though we were in Tuscaloosa so they came in they bought the signal moved it to Birmingham and 
the X, or one of seven, seven of the X became the X at one, 100.5. Yeah, it's confusing, but yeah, that's how it is. Okay, okay, that's fine. I don't know how that worked. Yeah. I get a little bit of it now. It's crazy, yeah. But we're all lucky because we're relatively unique stations in a small market, in an unrated market. Yeah. So, on some level, is Tuscaloosa rated? Yes, yes. Oh. Uh, market 150-something. That's right. I've seen you on the list somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, lucky you. You get to worry about all of that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was bad when I was brand manager, but now that I'm um, that I'm not, that I'm just an on-air personality, I'm, I'm cool with it. I just let the, the big wigs decide what to do from that point on. Mm-hmm. Just let me keep doing what I do, you know? Mm-hmm. Indies only. Yeah. Digging it. Yeah, we didn't plug that. Yeah, the indies only thing. I mean, that's just I do that on my own. I produce it. I don't get paid any extra to do that. Mm-hmm. That's just. I mean, my passion is independent and unsigned artists. You know, these ones coming up, these smaller labels who are fighting their ass off to get their music heard. You know. Yeah, and I've, I've told it time and time again on here, but like the, the way I introduce the uh, indies only show is uh, nine to twelve on Saturday nights and uh, Central Standard Time. Central Standard, and you're about to you're about to learn something new. Because, I mean, every time I turn it on, it's, uh, there's something new going on. And so what was some of the, the hottest or your favorites right now on Indies Only? Oh, man, the, uh, L7. They put out a song back in t- 2017, I believe. What? Oh, I have an old L7 CD from like... Yeah, well, L7 just put out... They're about to put out their first record in 20 years. What? Yes, and it's so good. Burn Baby we played, and then I played another song called Stadium West from the new record. I've only got the two songs. So I could share them with you, but I can't share the whole record because I don't have it yet. But oh, good! Oh my gosh, it's still amazing. Danita Sparks still kicking ass. So I love me some L seven. And then the other one, Doctor. Oh my gosh, um, Doctor Joe. Doctor Joe. I mean, one I... of them that fell off in the train. Man, it's just like I got this, and I'm like, Doctor Joe, what? And then I got the album in on MP3 in my email, and sure. I listened to it, and it's like this Jack White thing. You know, and I got Mike had me a little man crush on Jack White a little bit. Many of us did. <laughs> <laughs> but man, Doctor Joe is amazing. Mm-hmm. So check out Doctor Joe. He, his song will be on this week as as well. There you go. Every week I'll be playing it for a while. It's gonna be on there. Yeah, it'll be there. That's really the litmus of my coolness is if there's a band I've been checking out recently, and then a couple weeks later they end up on Indies Only. There I'm you like, go. Oh, I'm doing awesome. something yes. right. Yes. I know what the kids are into. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's really crazy to do the show because, like, in my head, I have a, a certain way that the show should sound because I get a lot of, like, crazy synthesized pop music. Love it. Yeah, that's most of what I get in my email. Yeah, and it's like, mm, it just doesn't fit what we're doing, you know? Yeah. And, and a lot of the people who are pushing it are, are, you know, radio promotions people that I've worked with for years, so... I try to throw them a bone here and there, but it's like, man, come on. Oh, give me more rock and roll. Give me more rock and roll. So when things like L7 and, and Zebedo just put out a new record, first one from them in like seven <laughs> years, and, you know, I mean, when stuff like that comes along, I'm just like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And crazy band names. Can we talk about the fact that people are running out of band names? Yeah. So the you got the band name generators now, and I know like um – Donald Glover, that's how he got his rap name, Childish Gambino. He just plugged it in. Really? The, uh, there's band generators, and so he just... Because, I mean, go, go and, and just go and search. Let me think of some of the names now. Tennis. There's a band called Tennis. Sure. There's a band called Bat. I'm playing a band called Bat this Saturday on Indies Only. 
The, the, when did we run? I mean, did Butthole Surfers use up the coolest one? I, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> like uh, the coolest one. I don't think. I, well, I always thought it was wild, like just going back to classic. The band, that's real original. You know? The Killers. Yeah. Well, there's this awful thing that new bands have to do now where it used to be that bands would name themselves and then like four years later they'd get sued and find out there was a band of the same name in France or whatever and then they'd hash it out. But now every band is on Google looking up their band name that they want to have and going, damn it, there's one of those. What about, damn it, there's one of those. Mm -hmm. What about, and, and I've been present for some of those discussions and so I think it does lend to some weird things. Yeah. Now that being said, this is validation for me because I've thought that before and then gone. Damn it, you're just getting older, and you know mm-hmm. you're being judgmental. Um, <laughs> but it's it's nice to hear other people. But say it, it the is same. that way because you look at some of the music festivals for the summer and you get to the lo- the lower liners, you yeah. know, and you're like, what? What is that? Catfish in the Bottleman? What, yeah. What? What? They've been around for a while. Yeah, they have, but I mean, that's just a crazy name. And like, I can remember, speaking of, of what you guys were talking about, I remember being on the Alabama Bell, I don't remember the year, like 2013, 14, mm-hmm. with a band called The Shakes. And we were on the thing, and after the show was over, we were talking in the back of, the, I was talking with Brittany, the lead vocalist, mm-hmm. in the back of the boat, and she was like, yeah, she said, if you get on to the internet and Google The Shakes, about 17 different bands come up. Mm-hmm. Is, the, is this the Alabama Shakes? Yes. Yeah. So then that's when they added Alabama Shakes or added Alabama to their name and became Alabama Shakes. So, I mean, I don't know how you pick a band name. There's some crazy stuff out there that we're playing right now. I've got a band called Drug Dealer I'm playing. Cool. <laughs> there you go. Are they good? <laughs> they are good. I've got another band called The Tough Shits that I play. I'm down with and that. it's really hard. You can't say the tough shits. Yeah. The tough S word is what I call them. There's another band called Fucked Up. Mm-hmm. We have to say effed up. We're talking about them on the radio. Yeah. Give us a, give us, don't do that. Well, Why you do that to yourself? That's the evolution of the butthole surfers is seeing how far you can push I guess so. people True. to talk about True. you on air. Like, True. oh, I just made that guy say the bare naked ladies. Yeah, which was scandalous at one point, and, yeah. and now we're yeah. just two things we can't actually. Now we're just fucked say. up in the tough shits. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The shiz. I mean, even with movies <laughs> like uh, somewhere in Tennessee, I saw this today. Instead of putting Hellboy, they still had Heck Boy up there. <laughs> really? <laughs> we'll talk about censorship. Oh goodness. <laughs> that that's a really interesting thing. Okay, so radio music nerds. Traveling and going to other cities, I'm like a perpetual scanner. And so oh, I yeah. scan ready. I love listening to other stations all over the country. Mm-hmm. And hearing songs that are on the top 40 are really popular. And seeing what different cities and different regions choose to edit or not edit is fascinating to me. Hmm. I can't recall a certain situation where... Uh, Nathaniel Rateliff, The Night Sweats, SOB is... Oh, I've never... Is there an edit of that? Yeah, and in D.C., they were editing the goddamn, and I went, well, goddamn, that's weird, because Mississippi (laughs) lets that play. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Son of a... He didn't do that, did he? No, no, no. (laughs) Nazareth would be screwed if we were on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard them edit out son of a and not edit that out. Right, right. So it's, it's like, really up to interpretation of yeah. what's most, again, the FCC it's, it's, getting it's, calls. It's where you're at, too. It's the yeah. region you're in, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's what's going to be most offensive to your market. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, 
and this could be complete hearsay, but I've heard that in parts of Southern California, DJs freely say shit on air because they know that no one will call, including their competition. Really? Hmm. It <laughs> could be completely false. Like, I would love the whole... I mean, and, and you think about how many words are slipping through on television. I think they're still right. a lot more restrictive on radio than they are on television. Mm-hmm. I tell myself people are paying better attention to radio. But it could yeah. be the opposite. I don't know. <laughs> well, I think more... Well, see, I've always, I've always said... Because I worked television for about nine months of my life. Absolutely did not like it. We're sexier. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I think it's because... When people, when I'm on the radio and people are listening to the radio, it's kind of in the background. They're not completely paying attention to me. But when I'm on television and that camera's in front of me, they're looking right at me. They're not like hanging out with the kids and you're talking on the TV as much. You know, I think more people are paying attention to you, your every word. But when you're in a car and you're listening to the radio, every word is heard. Yeah, I'm hanging on. Yeah, you're hanging on every word. It's but if true. we're on at a party and I'm working the night shift, you know, chances are a majority of the people don't hear every word I say. Right. You know? Or every fifth. Yeah. All right. We're not going to delve into specifically, but we're going to talk a little bit about the evolution of music. And we're going to, we're going to start here in rock and roll with uh, Creed. Mm-hmm. All right, Monk. I was working uh, at 99.9 The Fox when Creed hit. and God bless you. Yes. Because we played my own prison and... Whatever else they had come after that. So, to set it up, I'm not the biggest Creed fan ever in the world. Probably the least favorite. They're, they're probably my least favorite band ever. Nothing against the guys. I'm not saying they weren't talented. It's not my style thing. Right. You know, but I think, and, and Sammy said it right whenever she said that it wasn't the bands that ruined a certain genre. It was the record labels because when Creed came out, and you and I have talked about this in the previous podcast. When With Creed came out, every band, every label had a band that sounded just like Creed, if not yeah. two or three or four of them. You, had, you know, And I think the same thing happened in the alternative genre when The Killers came out. When The Killers came out, you had, what did I say earlier, The and Kaiser Chiefs and Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand and all these bands that sounded a lot like that. So, you know, to talk about Creed... I don't know. I'm lost. I don't know where to go from that. I just don't like Creed. Well, maybe I <laughs> help can me out. Help me out. Lay something on yes. this. I don't know if it will be helpful or not. A, it just needs to be said that Creed had to be extremely popular in this area because they are the type of rock that so many people listen to, and they have the thematic influences. That they yes, have. and three doors down in this area as well. Oh, that's well, that they're Mississippi yeah. bands, yeah. so yeah. 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 And, and <laughs> this is. A statement that I hate making, but I've I've heard this argument made a lot of times, and I think there's a lot of depth to it. If you're going to say that bands like Creed ruined rock and roll, I have heard a lot of people say that that all stems back to Pearl Jam. Because Eddie Vedder had such a distinctive vocal style that you can trace through most of the post-grunge bands in rock. Bands like Creed and Nickelback and a lot of those bands sound like bad impersonations of Eddie Vedder which as an artist I don't want to hate on a band sure for having really been moved by something in their youth or even in their less youth and just formative artistic years and going man that really speaks to me and then from a very genuine place making their own art that happens to have a lot of influences from the things that they thought mm-hmm. were so powerful but the grunge movement really did inform the 
post grunge or I'm making air quotes right now. Uh, <laughs> butt rock or there are lots of terms. Butt rock. For, yeah. That's a thing. I heard that from a program director at one time. Shit. Um, Did he tell you why he called it butt rock? No, I, I didn't need an explanation. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the post-grunge movement has a lot of influences from grunge, but it, as most post-movements do, uh, takes a lot from the original movement and then takes it a lot further. So, you know, I never thought about it like that. I mean, because you think about some of these bands that came mm-hmm. with the whole creep, how they did have that. And what did somebody told me that um, Eddie Vedder sounded like... Um, oh, my goodness. I can't remember... Um, they go, hur, 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 dur, 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 dur. that was Eddie Vedder's voice. That's, yeah, yeah, that's but, Yellow Lead Better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, but we accept it because yeah. that's the man who gave us Yellow Blood Better and Jeremy yes, and Better yes. Man and all of these songs that were so deeply impactful. And the elderly woman long song title. Uh, I love that behind song. Behind a counter, in, counter a, in a small town. Yes, yeah, 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 as like Pearl Jam sobered up, you could understand Eddie Vedder. Like when The Fixer and all that came out. So sure, you, I mean, he still sure. does his vocal style though. I mean, even listening to his new stuff where he's it's just him and a ukulele I yeah. mean it still sounds like Eddie, Eddie Vedder yeah. he's not really cleaned it up it's just and, and I never thought when I was you know uh, 17 years old in 1991-92 I never thought his voice sounds weird you know it sounded no. great to me he sounded different from everyone yeah. else you could say the same thing about Chris Cornell but he was harder to imitate so everyone kind of sure and, the Eddie Vedder. and, and yeah. Lane Staley wow. from Alice in Chains I think yeah, another absolutely. great example of that mm-hmm. but there, there was that similar Seattle sound and I'm the world's biggest devil's advocate so please understand that I'm being kind because I feel compelled that I have to do that even yeah. if I'm not yeah don't feel that way but I understand how someone could grow up listening to their quote unquote heroes and then try to sing from a very natural place that they think is cool and Mm -hmm. you end up with bands that sound like really cheap imitations of bands that we all admire well you know to think about me I mean I'm not a I don't I I was involved in the karaoke thing one time when I was drinking a lot (laughs) but outside of that like I don't have a vocal style all my own but every time I sing these songs, I try to sound like the person that's right. singing them, you know? Right. Um, so, I mean, when I sing a Lucero song with get Ben... Little, get when a little I'm, rash, get a little grab right there, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, every time. I just... Uh, you know, and same thing with Live. One of my all-time favorite bands is Live. Fantastic. And when, when Ed starts singing, I mean, I'm trying to emulate. I'm trying to make it sound just like Since he does, you know? Floor. Well, and some people even knocked off... Um, or complained about Ed Roland of Collective Soul saying that he sounded like he was trying to imitate Eddie Vedder and they were kind yeah. of contemporaries yeah but that was kind of the beginning in my mind of this whole I've never gray thought of, area I mean that's a that's a great point that I think we could think on for a little while and talk more about it because I mean I never thought about Creed trying to like grew up listening to Pearl mm-hmm. Jam or was you know in their later years as they were starting a band Pearl Jam was the big thing and they mm-hmm. were on the radio yeah. or or I mean I would even say Lane Staley from from Alice in Chains maybe a little bit of the Creed Absolutely. thing you know when we should sure. probably all sit down and listen to some Green River and Mud Honey but yes <laughs> look at you going back to the old days of grunge when grunge wasn't called grunge because I right. shit I can remember it going to, to Seattle. I remember going to New Hope High School here in Columbus and in 1989 showing up with some combat boots on cut off army fatigues like Capris at that point, uh-huh. you know, and then wearing just like a flannel shirt and my long hair and my goatee, 
And it was, Ooh, baby. I mean, grunge wasn't grunge. We didn't know it as grunge. And yeah. then all of a sudden, Nirvana came in, Pearl Jam came in, Alice in Chains. Yeah, here comes this whole scene. Um, and I mean, not all of it came from Seattle. I think right. Seattle was the first and yeah. then everybody just followed. But yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, everybody thought this... I was the weird kid in school, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, that guy listens to Pearl Jam. Yeah. Well, and it came from such a sincere place. I think that's why it swept the nation is because it came from this semi-rural, semi-urban, disadvantaged, thrift store shopping mm-hmm. mentality that is really true anywhere. There's the Salvation Army or like anywhere across yeah, the country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think at this, in the same token with what we're talking about, that's part of why people of our generation or status may, and this is very pretentious, but may find bands like Creed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, um, feel disingenuous because to us, we remember the original, uh, we yes, remember the okay. new, and so they sound like... You're a, talking about me, I got you. A yeah. cheap knockoff yeah. of what we hold in very high esteem. Okay. All right, let's 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 think about like Muffet and Sons. And I would say like... A, turning the corner. Turning yeah. the corner. <laughs> Now, we could go back to Irish, like you were saying earlier. It's like, that's probably the founding of it. But Mumford & Sons, when they put out The Cave and Little Lion Man and all that, and now... The Cave is a brilliant song. We have Shovel and Rope. We have Lumineers. I mean, you said just Indies Only with people sending stuff in. It mm-hmm. has that same feel. And so, I think, I don't know. So, obviously, it's not producers or, you know, corporate Nashville or however you want to look at it, but... I think it's just like that grunge with what Samuel was talking about. It's like people are attaching themselves to that sound and they're trying to emulate it. Yeah, but I think, I think too, what you kind of run in probably more now is you've got more outlets because of social media for bands to reach out. So you've got a lot more bands that have always sounded like this, but now they've got a bigger they avenue. They yeah. A bigger avenue that they can be heard on. Whereas you think about the Creed days, we didn't have, the internet wasn't huge okay, at the yeah. time. It was just coming about... When did Creed? It was like... It was late 90s, early 2000s. Late, late or mid-90s, I think. Mm-hmm. When when Creed came out, when I was doing the Eye of the Storm on 99.9, The Storm. I have that sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? For real? Wow. So, I mean, I think I think at, at, at the point when, when we talk about the Creed, the Killers thing, it was just kind of the early stages of the internet. And mm. would you put that boat? Just pull it up here. I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna do this right here. It's beautiful. Try not to interrupt me, but yeah. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, so I, I think you guys get what I'm saying. I think now, because because I had said earlier when we were talking off microphone that I think this whole sound of the lumineers and stuff, I think it, it's going to last a whole lot longer because we do have the internet. We've got more accessibility to the artist and to the music and ways to find it. You know. Well, sure, and I think every band in a post-information age kind of rides that line. It's also part of why people get so tired of music, because they have access to it all the time, and if they really like it, they can listen to that for a whole three decades if they want to, and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Who gets tired of music? Not music, but a band, or a sound, you know. Hmm. But uh, it's interesting, because... To me, and I get that because I go I go through phases with genres or sure. with certain bands. Sure, sure. And I I'm very methodical. Uh, if I get very into a specific sound, it's a very cathartic and personal 
empathic thing. Yeah. And so I sort of pound it into the ground for a little while mm-hmm. and then move on to something else that moves me. So I've been waiting for about seven years now to kind of wear out Lucero, but it's just never happened yet. It's still sad old man music, and I, I guess I'm just still sad old man. Everyone <laughs> has that like, band. <laughs> and the Doors. I mean, the Doors yeah. the same way. Those are my two favorite bands in 16 horsepower, three favorite bands. Alan, what is your favorite band that you can never get tired of? Band of Horses. Band of Horses. Like, driving around, like, on the edge of panic attack, like... This is what's going to bring you, it's going to ground you and bring you back to reality. Band of Horses. Yep. What about you? Everclear. Really? Yeah. You know, interesting. That's dodgy because that means a lot of things to a lot of people. Mm. And so people are like, oh, you're one of those girls. (laughs) I don't understand one of those girls. What are Everclear girls like? Ask yourself. (laughs) See, now I will tell you, I will tell you, um, one of the coolest experiences, and I've had a lot in 29 years in radio, I've had a lot of really cool experiences going to the movies with Brad Paisley sitting on an Airstream trailer with Miranda Lambert and having, letting her be our bartender and fixing us drinks and mm-hmm. all kind of cool shit. Um, one of the coolest moments I ever had was standing outside of our studio, which is now the Alt 1017 Studios. Um, it used to be the Z100.5 Studios in Tuscaloosa. But standing out in the hallway with Art Alexakis for like 15, 20 minutes just talking music. And then he talked about his tattoos because he got like the, his daughters got him to get the Powerpuff Girls on his arm and all kind of crazy shit. But just talking with him about music and, and everything, that was one of the coolest. I'm a huge Everclear fan. So I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll text you the picture later that we took together. Big John, one month before I was hired in Canada, as I opened my beer, um, I had to do like a weird phone interview thing with him. Not even interview, but like call him about some show that was coming to town. Yeah. And then right after I got hired, there was an Everclear show that I was. The one in Tuscaloosa? Yeah. Too, yeah. like, too baby to radio to know that I could just go to my program director and be like, hey, hook me up. Yeah. 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 Same with Jack White when he played <laughs> Tuscaloosa. Yeah, when, there, there were like two whoa, shows. Back whoa, whoa, I've never whoa, heard whoa, Jack White playing Tuscaloosa. Oh no, you done messed me up. I didn't Starkville, go. Starkville. I didn't go. Must uh, Stark, have been Starkville. Starkville. MSU? Yes, yeah. I don't know. Yes, no, because I never. Oh, yeah, if he'd it come had to Tusk- be on Mississippi because he talked about Mississippi being hallowed ground. Yes. Oh damn, I missed that. Where were we at, Alan? I caught him in Memphis. Damn, uh, I never caught him. And uh, damn, changed my life. You want to go back to man crushes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The truth, and I'm just so glad that just ripped that harmonica out of the ass of his guitar. That's a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a thing, and uh, so I'm so glad the Rack and Tours are back. Yeah, they are releasing new Man. music. It's true. Yeah, that that new stuff is I'm really freaking good, though. How about that, please do. How cool was it? Right, so using the uh, what, what uh, using the power of radio, I guess, and the beer starting to flow in my brain. How's so your I'm beer? No, beer is excellent. What are you drinking? I am drinking the Liquid Paradise IPA um, from New Belgium. Um, not a paid endorsement, but it should be. Mm-hmm. But this is one of the most fantastical beers, and it's available at the Kroger here in Columbus, Mississippi. Call so me. it's a it's available <laughs> all over the place. But I, it's just it's a very citrus, very um, very floral. Smooth. This is the kind of beer you want to have at the pool, but it's eight point five percent, I believe. Eight seven point eight. Seven point eight. There you go. Yes. What you want to have the, the founders. Now that is eight point three. Yes, you got a pretty you're, heavy you're beer there. I'm solid. Sammy, I'm you're, in there. 
you're in like Flynn on the beer. Remember, if I slur my words, it's because I've been talking yeah, on the radio all day. Yeah, that's me too. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very provocative can, Monk, with the cross legs and little tiny rubber well, duckies that's, everywhere. Well, if you, if you, if you, if you if, see the whole thing, it's Look scaling. at those thighs right there. Yeah. I see well, if you saying. think, so so New Belgium came out, New Belgium came out with their, their Voodoo Ranger, which they is their, their, their IPA. They so then they came out with different variations of the Voodoo Ranger mm-hmm. where they either hop it or they haze it or they whatever. And so this is just the one that ended up being my favorite. But they've also got the hazy, juicy IPA mm-hmm. and the Ranger looks different. So they kind of saw put all three of those today and so I shot Monk had text messages before coming over here. I was like, all right, about to pick up the Voodoo Ranger. He was like, eh, just go ahead and get Liquid Paradise. Yeah, That's come coming. on, come on, come on. They're pulling an Iron Maiden. They have the same little Voodoo Man on all of them. Mm-hmm. And then for Eddie. you, since you like stouts oh, yeah. and porters, I was like, to me. Shot, a, shot a picture of that, and I was like, I don't know. He's like, oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, like, that's good Brewing shit. Breakfast Stout Double Chocolate Coffee Oatmeal Stout. I like weird beers. Yes. And there is an awkward baby on the front, which makes it better. He sure well, all is. All of the it, it does, it even, has awkward people on the front It doesn't look like he's having a good time either. That was so, I was like, I don't know. He's smashing some oatmeal in a very, like, 1800s <laughs> way. In a, a Rob Zombie version of Norman Rockwell way. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have consumed some very nasty beers in my life, and I have enjoyed it. <laughs> like, I'm a cheapskate, and I like weird things yeah and so I always go into a bar and I'm like oh I haven't seen that what give is me your that cheapest? I'm also I'm, yeah. I am that girl who's like three months after Christmas I'm like you still have Christmas beers oh I love the Christmas beers a dollar you put, you put nutmeg in any beer I'm gonna be like that's me yeah. I want that one I'm drinking pumpkin beers in January for you. a dollar yes yeah, yes for sure oh, most mm-hmm. definitely and you can go to World Market and they put their Christmas beers on sale and gradually every week they go down like another oh, yeah. little bit of money and the next thing you know I got me a whole refrigerator in March a whole refrigerator full of pumpkin beers I'm here for it yeah. <laughs> I love it I am like positive that I have had at non-specified local watering hole, like gone bad beers yeah, because they yeah. were not special. When I was yeah. like, Matt, it's yeah. a dollar. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. After what the first one, you're all right. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. After the first yeah. one, you're good. Which is probably eroding my cred. But I do like good beers. Yeah. Yes. I See, think, I think you have a good one. But I was telling him, is like a, not a porter or a stout fan. First porter I had was a damn good one. Uh, we was out at the Gray Lady. In uh, Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa. Mm, yeah. And I had bought her a drink. She's like, I'm going to buy you a drink. The cool. Gray Lady? Mm-hmm. Not the Gray Lady. <laughs> used to, it's the old location of uh, Innisfree in, in Tuscaloosa. Find my ghost. She came, back, she came back with the Druid City Porter. I took one sip. I said, you bought yourself a drink. Mm, I'll be right back. Damn. And so the crazy thing about that, this is the only thing that Druid City does that I do not like, and it's because I don't like porters. I don't like coffee. I don't, I, don't, I don't want that. I don't like... Coffee and I have a difficult relationship. But porters are, are a thing. They are a thing. Coffee and you have a difficult relationship? Sorry, I, I massively busted your thing. No, no, Go no, ahead, no, 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 I was finished. <laughs> that, was, that was it. Go ahead with yours. Um, I'm a huge caffeine addict. Have been for a very long time. But I, uh, I consume... Monsters, Red, Bulls Red Bulls and Rockstars. I'm burnt Ugh. on Monster in the same way some people are burnt on Jaeger. 
Oh my god. But Nos, like, I remember and sometimes fiend for energy drinks that do not exist anymore. So I consume mass amounts of energy drinks. I used to specifically when I worked in theater when it would be like, oh, we're paying you minimum wage or like $200, but also work 80 hours a week for us. It's like, yeah. cool, art. Um, <laughs> and so because of all of that, um, things like taurine and guarana and other unpronounceable things are like a part of my bodily function. Mm -hmm. And so when I drink coffee, it makes me feel insane. Because I have caffeine, but I don't have the extra, like... You don't have the taurine. The niacin rush. And, and the, the sugar rush. The sugar and the yeah. guarana and all of that other weird chemical shit that's going on. Yeah. And so I'm like, I just feel really anxious. Like, I kind of feel like I might die. And I also really want, like, two Red Bulls right now. It's like, am I buzzing on beer? Or is it coffee? Or what's this weird sensation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm... I've turned a corner in the last two weeks, and I'm I'm coffee and I are flirting again. We have Good. like a very yeah. on again, off again. Tennessee Williams like made passionate love and then have a big fight and throw shit at each other, and then like don't see each other for three years, and then like have a very romantic night. Uh, is that is that Tennessee Williams or is that some MTV reality show? Yes, <laughs> both. And. Like, how do you drink your coffee when you do have? Straight up coffee. Black. Why do I like good. metal? Good. Good. <laughs> yes, me too. Yes. Well spoken. <laughs> like I like my metal. I like it. MSI, anybody? What? Sorry. Mindless self-indulgence was a band back in the day that Hell apparently yes. was not nearly as large as Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. Mindless self-indulgence. What was the song they had? It had, it had the underwear on the cover. They had a bunch of them. Oh, no. They no. also mentioned, I like my coffee black, like I like my metal. And I posted his uh, birthday, the lead singer's birthday, on mm -hmm. the Fox's like, Facebook page. Mm -hmm. um, when I was very new there, and everyone was like, oh no, what are you doing? This is terrible and emo and strange. And I was like, oh sorry, DC 101 played it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Tight was the record that I remember. With yes, the, yeah. and I'll rebel to anything. The man panties. Yes, the man panties on it. What was the damn song? He, not, you know, Sid Vicious or Jimmy Rotten, but was it? he had another one of those names that was in Was it Tight was the name of the song? We're on a podcast, so we can't listen to it, but... Oh, no. Dang it. Ah. Please direct us, Alan. Give us permission. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> While we search... Let's take this. Um, I went to a Shut house show. Shut me up. Yes. It's not on the tight record, though. No. It was the one with a... The bar. zombies on the cover. Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. House shows. Back to house shows, <laughs> just for a second. House shows. And I think this may be more of that Lumineer and shovel and rope type thing. It may be the ease of it. Um, I know just at the house by myself... Uh, practicing or playing typically I go to the acoustic having electric like playing the electric now this house show I caught in Tupelo Derek Webb mm. just him by himself he played his electric just him and his electric <laughs> that was the most interesting thing I'd seen because I, I wouldn't think about doing that if it was just me and a guitar it'd be an acoustic guitar and it would be uh, it seems more intimate I guess but 
it, no issue. And it was a damn good show. I never would have thought about it like that. And so these one-piece, two-piece, three-piece bands that are all acoustic, like Show and Rope, Lumineers, and all these cats, that may have been the, the niche thing was the ease of it and how accessible it is. I can be, you know, in the apartment and not be too loud or whatever the case is while they were doing the recording. I don't know if that would have anything to do with, like, what we're seeing right now. To go back to this Mumford and Son. I mean, just what they what they like and how they like the yeah. sound. I mean, yeah. that's... The, yeah, I think that could be the biggest thing. Yeah, because presentation is different. And I think uh, that's interesting because if you watch any rig rundowns or any deep interviews with guitar players, most, and this is just a fact of living, most even like metal bands and like huge hard rock rock acts, specifically people who are already in the scene and live in like Southern California, if you live next to someone else, you write a lot of your songs on acoustic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know in your head how it's going to sound. Yeah. And you want a drummer and a bass player to yeah. fill you out. But uh, that is a very natural songwriting progression. And so I wonder if it just kind of stayed there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what they... That's what they started out on and that's what they discovered where they sound they, they found their niche and they found their fit mm-hmm. was in that acoustic realm because you, you take this like just to stay with Montford uh, for a second first two albums was the acoustic banjos third album was more electric and then the fourth they kind of got back to what they were originally doing back to the more acoustic sound and so um, I'm not the biggest Montford and Son fan but I can't deny how they're good they're great definitely yeah but um, I, I feel like um I really love that first album. I, I really like the fourth, uh, the second, third kind of missed it for me. But I don't know of this sound. I, I, I prefer, I lean more toward that Lumineer sound myself. It's like, I like the foot stamp. I like sincerity. The, yeah. 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 I, I lean, for me, I mean, I don't have anything against Mufford and Sons and I like the Lumineers. Shovels and Rope, if I'm going to pick that genre, yeah. Shovels and Rope would be where I'd go because they're more raw and natural with what they do. It doesn't sound too overproduced. It sounds like two people in love, making music, sitting in front of each other, and just how mm-hmm. it comes out, it comes out, yeah. you know? Um, but like for me, I go back, and like when you look at bands like The Doors and Lucero and 16 Horsepower, who are my three biggest bands, mm-hmm. you know? You go back to the blues, and you and I have talked about that before, and we'll have to do another podcast completely on that documentary that we watched. I that was absolutely amazing. I think it was the power outage. Was, we so oh we, had, we had we had yeah we're gonna we do, we're the, gonna do that episode again. We huh? had that episode recorded, and I was at home working on it. I thought I keep everything backed up for the most part, and uh, the power went out and cut the computer back on, and of course the work I had done on the editing was gone, and I pulled it back up. And I saw a little hazard sign. Oh, no. And I clicked on the recording. And like, so you see this right here. You know, you got the wavelengths and all that. The eternal caterpillar of sound. Yeah. 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 And all I had was just the box. And there was, there wasn't even a line. Hmm. It was like, could yeah. not recover audio. And I was like, well, thanks. I Man, got the video a, at least. That was, a, that was a good drunken conversation right there. <laughs> but but, I, but like, I have the notes. Like, I, I have everything covered. Sure, yeah. Like, for me, I mean, I always tend to go back to the blues. That's, that's, that's my style. That's where mm-hmm. I go. Everything. And I really think that in a lot of ways, everything is based on the blues. 
And the blues, a lot of people say the blues is based on country music or or no. hillbilly music. Boo. Back in the day. Boo! I don't I don't buy that. You don't believe that? It's based on human experience. Sure. It's like what he said when the when he got home and the cat. She ain't here. She ain't here. She ain't here. Spoilers. <laughs> R.L. Burnside. Yeah. Damn, I love him. I ain't had the blues. Blues came home. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, you sing the blues to get the blues off you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And someone who I am not equipped to quote right now said that uh, singing the blues is like being black twice. Damn. Wow. Yeah, I don't know who that is either. I had to GTS that, but... I would say Louis Armstrong, but I'm afraid I'm very wrong. Yeah. Okay. One last thing before we go. Uh, have y'all listened to the new Gary Clark Jr.? album it's recently come out I have not alright so I some of like you guys have this, this I want to bring this up okay and so uh, they had him on World Cafe on uh, 911 uh, they'll, they'll play World Cafe interviews at yeah, lunch yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so he was talking about and I believe that this is Gary Clark Jr.'s third album and I believe that this this is the iconic album you'll you'll start here and look back and you'll start here and look forward, but you will always come back to this album. That's what I think. Damn. Don't you love a good cliffhanger? We'll pick right up with Untapped and Vinyl Side B with Gary Clark Jr. right where we left off. And so, to close this show out, as always, I promise you some music, and this is some good local stuff. Here is Hunter Myers Charcoal. All right, guys. We'll see you next time, all right? She don't leave Oh, the days of charcoal Under my tongue Anymore Would you send a baby Oh, my head is spinning And if you don't Myself and I Ain't got that much left So damn long Yeah, that I can't remember The sweet sound of a voice But on those cold, yeah, rainy days
in September Oh, I know Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. 